1: Yes, hello, and welcome back to Season 9 of the Weight Loss Podcast, where Courtney and I are sitting here about to tell you that we're too busy, we don't have the time, and we just can't do this episode. See ya. Bye. (laughs) So, Courtney, if you've... If you've had a dollar for every time you've heard the phrase, I don't have the time or I'm just too busy or words to that effect, how many dollars would you have in your life?
2: I'd be a millionaire. Actually, maybe a billionaire.
1: Really? Does that include the amount of times that you've set it yourself?
2: Yes, that would include that. Yes. <laughs> if, no, I not maybe a billionaire then, 100% a billionaire.
1: <laughs> not, I don't know how many dollars I would have, but I know I'd be retired.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we'd be comfortable.
1: (laughs) So just to be clear, we are here obviously to discuss finally, probably you might say seven years too late, an episode about time management. We may have mentioned the importance of time management approximately 85,000 times since we started this show and here we are finally doing an actual episode on it. But worth saying, Courtney, we're not going to sit here and point fingers and say, oh, well, You saying you haven't got the time is an excuse. Like, well, I've been guilty of that too. Mm, Yes. Shit, we're not above this. No. (laughs) Speak from personal experience here. So we're here to discuss time management and how we manage our own time, Mm -hmm. how we recommend our clients manage their time, and also maybe we can help you with managing yours. Mm. I think it's worth mentioning that it, it doesn't help when we're misled, sometimes from others, often by ourselves and what we think and what we tell ourselves, that in order to pull off a successful body transformation, a successful weight loss goal, weight loss journey, et cetera, we think, well, I've got to be one of those people that lives in the gym and I've got to be at the gym for 10 days a week and I've got to be in the kitchen every single day, cooking six meals a day, day in, day out, Good news, you don't have to be that sort of person. The thing is as well, it's...
2: We are not those sort of people.
1: That's a hard no from me. We talk about the things that we we may be led to believing about the actual requirements, you know, to get in pretty good shape and improve your health, Mm. You know, I've got to live in the gym, I've got to live in the kitchen and I've got to be I've got to be meticulously recording everything I do for the rest of my life. Mm.
0: No you don't. No you don't.
1: That's even before you take into account responsibilities of work or yep. your career or your business mm-hmm. or businesses as we'll be elaborating on before you take into account family. So, you know, you might you might be parents. You might have kids, but you've also got even if you don't have kids, you've got your own family. Mm-hmm. You, got, you know, some some people, some of us like to hang out with our families. Courtney, I do. Especially, it's, it's, it's a big deal mm-hmm. for your fam. There's also you know outside interests, social life, yep. personal hobbies, things like that. And you can sometimes think to yourself, "Well, I've got to be, I've got to be doing this as a full time job to get in any sort of." decent shape or improve the way I look, function and feel. Good news is no, you don't. It's not a full-time job. You don't need to live in the gym. You don't need to live in the kitchen. You don't need to have your head in your book or in your diary, writing down everything you eat and drink for the rest of your life. Mm. We can tell you that despite how busy your life is, you do have the time. Yeah. Despite how busy our lives are, we have the time.
2: Yeah. And it, it just seems to be, Matt, I think, you, tell me if you agree that it just seems to be, there's a, there's a, um, what am I, reoccurring is the word I'm looking for. There's a reoccurring theme with uh, definitely what I used to tell myself. And I think I hear it a lot through clients as well, which is it's very much, um, feast or famine with this time management theory so yes everyone will either go into the camp of I I just don't have the time because it's going to involve all of you know these things and I have to change my life and I have to change everything and I have to focus on it so much so they just don't do it or you've got the people that think that that's got what it's going to be and then they get into it and they stop doing anything else <laughs> and all they do is this and then they burn out or it gets too much because they're not doing anything else. So it's like one or the other and well, one it has to be a balance.
1: One person's feast or famine is another person's all or nothing.
2: Well, that's a yeah, that's mm. better way of um, saying it. But yeah, it, I've, I've, I've definitely found that it's one of the two things. People will just talk themselves of out of even starting because it's all too much and it's too hard and I don't have the time. Or I find there's that other group of people who will start and they get really into it and they think it needs to be like that to achieve results.
1: They go too hard too soon. So
2: then they just don't do anything else and it becomes all consuming. And then because of that it becomes overwhelming.
1: Well, that's where that's where the magic S word comes into it. And then it becomes well, can you sustain this? Yeah. What you think you need to do and the way you're applying yourself with your, you know, twelve day a week gym routine
2: Can you sustain and being it a slave in
1: your kitchen and not
2: for the next twelve weeks. Rest your life. Or for the next six months. Or the until until the wedding that's in six months, or until mm. this happens, until I go on holidays until and, summer. You know, no, for the rest of your life. Yeah, can you sustain this? You're right, for the rest of your life. And if the either way, if the answer is no, well then it's it, not gonna work. It's not gonna work, and that's where the balance has to come in. Where yes, it is involves some work and commitment to do this. But it's not a full time job, as you said.
1: So let's let's start by by illustrating here that we've we've been I will use the word accused in the past of you know you do it for a living you've got plenty of time you're not parents, you know, parents you you got time to do whatever you want like okay slay your role <laughs> let's get into this we are busy too aren't we very. To put it mildly. To
2: put it mildly.
1: <laughs> I, I got a taste of it when I first became a personal trainer. Mm. So given given that you listening are probably not a PT, so I'll, I'll give, give some illustration here of what's involved when you first become a PT if you are actually serious about developing a career in it. It's not just a case of, oh, hey, I'm a personal trainer now. Like, where are the clients and where's the money? Like that's just that's literally the first step is just getting getting your certificates or getting your qualifications. So when I first became a PT, I was to start my career and to sort of get get my feet on the ground and you know, get necessary experience. I was working out of two gyms, one in the morning and one at night. But between those, between those shifts at those two gyms, I was working a full-time office job. So for quite a while to begin with, I was working 12, 14-plus hour days. And that's before I include my own training session, mm. either at stupid o'clock a.m. or stupid o'clock p.m. You just had to get it done. Mm. you know, And that was like a a bit of a, a reality check for me because in a way, as I look back now on it, in hindsight, that was the universe asking me, like, hey, big boy, how much do you really want this? Mm. And over time, it's like, well, I, I want to make this work. And I don't plan on working these types of hours every day forever, because it was a Monday to Friday thing for mm. me. And then there was also I'd work half day Saturdays mm-hmm. as well, as I was, you know, when I was sort of getting getting a foothold in in the career. Bloody hell, that was hard. But also knew that you know this isn't gonna this isn't gonna be forever because it's not sustainable. No. But you know, I'm first. I'm starting off with a business, and this is this is what's required. And it's I'm going to be fucking busy, and that's okay. And over time, it you know you start to get a bit of a foothold. You can, for me at least, I was able to sort of pull back on the office hours and slowly bump up. Gym hours until I got to the stage where hey, I don't need to be at the office anymore. I can now be gym full time, and you know, on on and on we go from there. But as I've discovered in the in the subsequent years, that for a while that was the busiest time of my life. Now is the busiest time of my life by far. Because hmm. even though I don't work out of two gyms, hell, I don't work out of any gym anymore. I work out of a I work out of home. Yeah. Yet it's still the busiest time of my life. How? Well, I'm a husband, so I like to spend time with my wife, assuming she likes to spend time with me. Yes. Which is not always guaranteed because fuck, I'm annoying sometimes. (laughs) I've got family things to hang out with, hang out with the fam. Mm -hmm. I've got my social life. I've got my hobbies and outside interests.
2: Video games. Yeah, we know
1: sports etc. No. <laughs> I've also got though running and being obviously heavily heavily involved in our business Courtney. Yes. Which is take it from me a full-time job.
2: Yeah. Well, you run the majority of the business, yes.
1: When you've got what what I do and what we do, recording this podcast, planning this podcast, but also working with and supporting and helping clients. And when you have a, a decent number of them, and you actually give a rat's ass or give a shit about giving the best of you to other people that need you, like that is an all-consuming thing. Yeah, and it's something that you'll mention talk about uh, yourself soon, Courtney. Like I'm, I'm a little bit involved in another business that we have an interest in that we're, you know, we're sort of. Going down the path of as well. No, we're not going to stop doing this. No, we're not. You know, the PT stuff's not going away. The coaching stuff's not going anywhere. But you know, you sort of broaden your horizons mm-hmm. a bit, take on new challenges, learn new skills, and you know, new opportunities start to open up. Mm. Point is, it is it is a a daily thing for me. Like it's it's never been as busy as it is now. Yeah, and I I, I personally love it.
2: Yeah, I mean I I would be. The same. So when I worked in hospitality, it was also – it was very busy. Um, Long shifts. Long shifts more so. So it was just busy in terms of trying to fit in your social life around the long, like, work shifts that you're doing.
1: Sorry, just before you continue, worth mentioning, though, not just long shifts, unusual shifts. Yeah. Because hospitality is not just a nine-to-five.
2: No. So I think it was um, Wednesday, Thursdays. Were my oh no Tuesday Tuesday Wednesdays were my day off. No, mm. what was it? No Monday Tuesday. Sorry, it was Monday Tuesdays was my weekend. So I worked Wednesday through to Sunday, gen, like most of the time. Yeah, and um, that included like usually Friday Saturday Sundays were big shifts because I'm there during the day and at night or late in the day through to early hours of the next morning, sort of thing. So there was um. They were big times and then you're trying to fit in a social life kind of around that, but it's hard because everyone does things on the weekends and you can't and yeah. It was it felt busy at the time, but then yeah, you're right. Looking back on it now, it's like I'd take that back <laughs> in a heartbeat. Well, it was
1: busy at the time. It
2: was busy at the time. And
1: you also worked some pretty pretty out there times as well.
2: Yeah, it was hard. Hard, hard work.
1: Like there were there were there were some days where you would have day shifts. Mm-hmm. Then you have those night shifts, which is like you're not getting home till like what three o'clock in the morning.
2: Yeah, you usually like get there at two o'clock in the afternoon, get home at two a.m. the next day. Ugh. Yeah, so it's um,
1: not all shifts are crowded equally.
2: Not all shifts are crowded equally, and it does mess you up a bit more because then you spend you wait like quote unquote you're sort of wasting part of the next day because you're tired and you're trying to recover from the day before because you get home at two o'clock and you can't go. I can you could never go straight to sleep. And then by the time you might get one thing done and then it's you gotta go back to work again in the afternoon and the cycle continues. So it's part part working, part recovery, part trying to fit other stuff in. And yeah, it was it felt chaotic at the time, but definitely I agree with you. I think yeah, it was not the busiest I've ever been. And then there was a time where I was doing that plus helping you Matt out when you had your gym. So uh, when we first opened the gym, it was the idea that it was sort of going to be for you to do and then it got so busy that we needed help. Mm. So I lowered my hours slightly to help you so I was doing both and then it got so busy that we just did one. Um, I think I had another job in there as well. At one point I had the three jobs. But, yeah, and then we got to now, as you mentioned, where – you know, we're basically – I've I've got sort of an interest in three businesses, including this one. Mm. So it's the – now a case of just getting work done every week for three businesses. Yeah. One being a startup, which anybody who's ever started a business knows how chaotic the startup phase is um
1: given given when we when we started started the gym like this isn't isn't our first startup
2: no so if you have ever started started a business from scratch you know that it is it's a lot um especially when you know you're you've got a physical premises to also fit out so we're doing that and then fitting in you're right around that you fit in everything else so you fit in time with you matt Time with my family is really important to me, um, uh, especially – That's one of your
1: non-negotiables, the family time. Family how time close is. your family is.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think you just learn not to take people around you for granted like that. Like my mum has had her health battles, so it's really important to me not waste any time with the, with people.
1: Be as present as possible. Yeah. That's what it sounds like.
2: So trying to make sure we carve out time every week for that – with yourself, Matt, Matt and I usually do a date night. Um, make sure we carve that out. We ov- we spend as much time together as we can outside of work time, but
1: without strangling each other.
2: We make sure that we actually one of the non-negotiables. Making sure that we have a, a designated. We call it date night, but it could be anything. It could be a day. It could be breakfast. A
1: breakfast. Weekend.
2: Yeah, um, we have a date night once a week.
1: There's time together regardless. Yeah,
2: and then we've got um, just you're, you're right. Everything around that though as well so you've got well, um, you, well, you
1: look at it from with with how, with what you do so obviously we do the podcast together yeah you helping ver- you help a lot in various aspects of our business yep but then you help literally into other businesses as well one that I'm sort of involved getting involved with as well being that new startup yeah like there's a lot of shit going on.
2: Yeah, and then you work in with your own gym in in the middle well, of isn't, that.
1: Isn't this the thing? We've laid out your like a bit of a preview into your own schedule. I've sort of spoke a bit about mine as well. We haven't even got in depth about our own our own training, our own meal prepping, and like you know the stuff that we that we teach and show clients. We still have to apply it ourselves.
2: Yeah, and I wouldn't say it's that – I think it's really good to talk about this because, as you said, we've often been, you know, said in the past, is I think it's sometimes an assumption made that because what people see on social media, people think is your life, mm. and it's not. Like, I'm not going to put up my schedule for today. Um, I left the house at – I was up at, you know, 6.30 this morning. I left the house before, before um what – just after eight, and I got home at five, mm. and then we've got more work to do before moving on, and then we record a podcast, and so we're, we'll both probably finish up tonight at about six thirty, and then mm. we'll think about sitting down and having some time together. So it's not, it's not like we're that my that full day for us, was put on social media so people could see that. And it happens a lot with social media and in this day and age, we often assume, make assumptions about people that they their life's easy or their life's not challenging or they're not going through hardship or they've got all their stuff together or they really enjoy doing that stuff. There's days where I'm so busy that I couldn't think of anything less that I want to do than go to the gym. Do you still go? Yes. Interesting. I couldn't think of anything less interesting to me than cooking dinner. Mm. I could not think of anything less interesting, but it has to be done. So there's. I think there's sometimes an assumption that, yes, everybody loves doing things all the time because they put on social media a selfie at the gym and they're, they're smiling. But I think that everybody has – time management issues these days. I don't think that I've met a single person who says to me, oh, no, my days are really easy.
1: Kind of – it's kind of an insulting assumption to assume that if someone's had a bit of success, you know, with with their weight loss goals, oh, they must have it easier than me. Like, settle the fuck down.
2: I think in, even in terms of just – yeah, general life. I mean, I I've known some really successful people in business and things like that and they still don't have a lot of time <laughs> because usually they're doing something else. <laughs> like they're choosing to do things which yes takes up their time and that's a choice, but I think the moral of the story is everybody is going to have some sort of time management challenge. Doesn't really matter how successful you are, doesn't matter how many jobs you have, doesn't really matter how many kids you have. Mm there's going to still be some sort of time management issue in the way and the style you've decided to live your life yep. because just the way that we live our lives these days, We, they're packed full of things, whether it be our job or our extra activities or a mixture of both or family time or we haven't even touched on chores around the house on top of all of that as well that we all have to take care of. Um,
1: the dogs need us.
2: Well, not just – it's just the little things, Mm. you know, like, and it's –
1: Making sure your house doesn't fall apart.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, if you're in a couple, maybe you can lean on each other. We do. So my job takes me out of the house more often than Matt does because I have three different businesses I'm helping out with. So Matt, a lot of his uh, responsibilities to do with this business and the others is – online so he he's home more often than I am mm. so matt does pretty much all of our clothes washing for us so i'll give you a shout out here um
1: dishwashing please
2: and he does all pretty much all the dishwashing but to my in my defense i try to stack the dishwasher sometimes and you claim i do it wrong so i just stop doing
1: it you Literally just beat me to the punch. I was going to ask you to have the guts to admit that you are terrible at stacking dishwashers.
2: Well you claim I do you can't stack a dishwasher wrong, but that's just my opinion.
1: Oh yes you ever played Tetris? You can definitely stack wrong.
2: Okay, whatever. He says I stack it wrong, so I stop stacking it. So that is that is one thing that we have. But yeah, if you're if you're comparing this is why comparisons aren't good to make, because Mm. that's not going to work the same for someone who lives by themselves. Absolutely. Who then has to work and do those things on their own. So, or
1: or has kids,
2: or has kids as well. Maybe a single parent who has to do the kids, the work,
1: the school runs, the chores the on sport, their own, the sports days. Yeah, make so, sure the house doesn't set on fire.
2: This is why there's no one perfect way to do it mm. because there's no one perfect life that every single human leads the same way. Yep. So there's no there's no point comparing. And this is why assumptions are really dangerous too because mm. you're assuming that somebody else is living a life that is familiar to you and it's not, mm. and it's not correct.
1: You're also making assumptions lacking in context mm. and lacking in the nuance that comes with being an adult and as, as you listening would know just how life, as you get older, how life just throws shit at you at a million miles an hour yeah. and, and it's up to us to be able to be like, okay, well, this is worth my attention and this is not, which is where we get into, you know, like, okay, how do we actually manage this?
2: Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people, they are so quick to say, I don't have the time to do something because even the thought of scheduling takes time. Even the thought of how am I going to incorporate these new habits into my life Takes time. Mm. So it's even just a fact of that. They just don't want to take the time out to even think about that stuff and how it would work in their life. So the easier option is to say, it just won't.
1: Now, in a in number of cases, phrases like, I don't have the time, actually to me are completely valid. Mm. And there are a number, of, there are heaps of heaps of things in the world that I personally don't have time for. You know why? Because the time I do have is going to things that are important to me. Yeah. Which is where we're gonna let's let's move here, Courtney, into tips, strategies, recommendations, you know, how we do things, how we recommend that you know clients, maybe you listening, might want to start to look at things as well. Yeah. Now, Courtney touched on before, there is no, there is no one right way with much of anything in life. To be honest, let's be let's be fair. There are some universal recommendations and some universal sort of. I've used the phrase grand rules that we work hard to adhere to ourselves and we're going to recommend here. How those recommendations get applied to the individual, well, there's got to be the scope for flexibility. Yeah. So let's get into the, the tips here and the the actionable ideas, Courtney. Mm-hmm. So we talk about, okay, how do I improve at my time management when it comes to you know getting in better shape, improving my health, et cetera, et cetera. It starts with an honest assessment. What are your non-negotiables? Mm-hmm. This is how I, I'll i speak for myself here. I'll let you speak for yourself, obviously, Courtney. This is how I create a framework for what, what I'm going to be doing day to day based on the non-negotiables first. Mm-hmm. Let's give a shout out to a really, I think, one of the best podcasts you and I have ever done. Mm-hmm. which is an episode we did in season four called What Are Your Non-Negotiables? Yes. Please go listen to that mm. if you haven't or if you may need to re-listen in, to add extra context to this podcast episode now.
2: That's a good idea, actually. Can we put a link to that somewhere where people can find it?
1: Yeah, it's easy.
2: Like, where would it be?
1: Oh, if in the podcast app. I'll just put it in the episode description. That's that's easily done. We'll do that. No raise it all. But it it does start, though, with an honest assessment of your non-negotiables. Like what are the things that no matter what happens in life, I'm not budging on this stuff. Mm. That is how when, when you and I, Courtney, talk about our own responsibilities, how actually busy we are in our lives, yet we still get the training done, we still do the meal prep. Yeah. Because they are... Non-negotiables. Because why are they non-negotiables? Because, because our own health and our own, our own sort of you know, personal goals with our own bodies, and our own physiques, our own health profiles, etc., they are also non-negotiables, mm-hmm. which is why training sessions don't get missed, which is why meal prep sessions, even though we fucking hate them, don't get missed. This is step one with effective time management. What is important to you and why? Because the thing is, this goes back to what your goals are in whatever your life pursuits might be. So a goal is a destination. The clearer the goals, the clearer the destinations. Issue is without a clear destination, you've got no direction. And then... If you've got no direction and or you haven't really assessed what your non-negotiables are, that's where I see with people, I've been guilty of myself as well, it's where you then become vulnerable to distraction, vulnerable to inconsistency, mm-hmm. and vulnerable to what I call shiny object syndrome. Yeah. The next the next cool little fad that might grab your attention and grab your time away from, you know, what probably should be more important to you. Mm-hmm. But would you agree, Courtney, that it should start with an honest assessment of your non-negotiables?
2: Yeah. Yep. What
1: Definitely. is imp- what is important to you and why? And also yeah. understanding, and you'll, you'll get more context in that particular podcast episode, your list of non-negotiables in your life should be rather short.
2: Yeah. And I think prioritisation then comes off that because mm. once you've got non-negotiables, it's easier to prioritise. And – when I say prioritization, like I'm, I'm literally talking about like prioritization for me happens daily. Same. So I'm looking at my schedule like out, at the start of the week and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what have I got on? But then daily I'm still prioritizing because things pop up, right? Mm. Things don't go to plan. So I'm still having to prioritize. So by having a really clear idea of what those non-negotiables are, it does make prioritization easier, especially if you're not somebody who's used to doing it. I know that sounds silly for some people, but honestly, some people just are not used to having to prioritize. So they're not good at it. It's just like any other skill.
1: Well, sometimes sometimes prioritization gets put on the back burner because we just say yes to everything or everyone.
2: Yeah, correct. Or we just do what... Yeah, no, you're right. I was just going to say otherwise we do what's there in front of us, which is the same thing. Mm. So, yeah, we're saying yes to just what's coming up in front of us without actually really thinking about it. But it's also not thinking about the consequence on the other things that you wanted to do. This is a flow on effect for everything that you say yes to.
1: Well, that comes back to one of the best sayings I've ever been taught is that every time you say yes to something, you should say no to something else. Yes. Because I've found when we talk about you know, writing up a list of our own personal non-negotiables – I'm firmly of the belief that if you have more non-negotiables in in your life than you have fingers on one hand, you might be in trouble. Mm. I know my non-negotiables list is really short, Yeah, really short, but what's involved coming off that short list takes up the bulk of my time.
0: Mm.
1: The thing is – When we talk about non negotiables and, okay, what's really important to me, it's where decisions need to be made. Yeah. I went and did some homework because that's what I like to do. As it turns out, the word decision is actually derived from a Latin word, hopefully I pronounce this correctly, decidere.
2: Is that how you'd pronounce that?
1: Which means.
2: Did you Google that pronunciation? you, You know I did. Yeah.
1: Which means the word decision in Latin means to cut off. Huh.
2: I did not know that.
1: This is why he married me, to learn things like this. Yeah. So the thing is, with every decision you make on how you invest, and that's a key word, how you invest your time and your energy and your focus, you are choosing, maybe without even realizing it, to cut off other avenues. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. I made the decision to become a PT by doing that. I have cut off other career avenues. Hmm. I cut off by making a decision, I cut off a career in construction. Mm -hmm. I cut off a career in graphic design because I I was getting a lot when I was younger into 3D graphic design and computer graphic design. Mm -hmm. I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. But you made that decision.
2: Yes. Same
1: Mm -hmm. thing with say... Hobbies. Yeah, my one hobby, obviously, video games, well well known by now. But by, by having that hobby, I'm deciding slash choosing to cut off other primary hobbies I might have in a different life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same with us. Like I've got one wife. By making a decision to commit to Courtney, I'm cutting off. You know that we're set for life. We're together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is the thing: when you, when you, when you make a decision on things, you are cutting off other alternate paths. And once that sort of got into my head, it sort of became easier to be. And I'm going to use a word here I love to use: more ruthless with my time management. Because mm. that's the word I would use to describe how I approach my time management. I am ruthless.
0: Mm.
1: This is the stuff that counts. That comes first. Everything else is lower on the list, if it even makes the list at all. Yes. Now, the thing is, when we talk about decisions or cutting off other avenues in your life, it's the same with weight loss. Mm. So you think, right? You're choosing, you're consciously choosing to invest time, effort, money, energy, focus, into your weight loss goals while cutting off other things you could be doing with that time effort money energy and focus.
0: Yeah.
1: Mhm. The thing is like life life is full of competing priorities. Yes. As we can we can sort of attest to Courtney like you are constantly pulled in different directions. Yeah. I mean, I I even like I um look at our, our podcast emails, obviously more frequently than you do, Courtney, like literally every week we get multiple emails, many emails about, oh, can I please be a guest on your show? I'm an expert in keto or I'm an expert in some bullshit fucking weight loss scam. These are things that could be that could be taking up my attention and my time, not even making the list. Yeah it bounces straight off. Yeah. So we can agree that life is full of competing priorities and always will be. Mm. But it's up to us to take responsibility and ownership. What's important, why, and from there am I willing to let go of other things because you can we have to. Yeah. Like the things I say yes to mean I'm saying no to many, many other things. Mm. Like every hour in the gym, yep, for me, could be now spent playing Super Nintendo games,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's important to me, yeah. So, identifying what's important while the non negotiables and making decisions based around that, yes. Okay, what other tips can we give here?
2: Well, we go on the flip side, yep, <laughs> to that, and we identify your time wasters,
1: yeah, and honest and this is the key word, an honest assessment of the current state of your time management. Yes. How much of your time, we use a a nice Australian phrase here, is being pissed up against the wall on shit that's not actually contributing.
2: Yeah. So what tasks are really your time wasted tasks that could be prioritised differently?
1: Two things come to mind. The two biggest culprits that I see – with clients that have been guilty of myself, with with act, like things that are just mega time wasters. Number one, social media use and mindlessly scrolling through our phones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number two is just good old-fashioned and probably a combination of, as well, because good old-fashioned procrastination. Yeah. Uh, our recommendation would be with working towards effective time management with this, have an honest review of your current approach. Yeah. Where can you find time that if you're being honest, you know right now, mm, you know what, I'm kind of wasting that. Yeah.
2: Uh, you. Uh, it, it just comes down again to prioritisation and we're just identifying your non-negotiables and now we're identifying your time-wasting tasks or areas that are – very much could wait. So now they might even this this might not even we call it identifying time wasting tasks, but it might not necessarily be that extreme. It just might be things that literally that is not that important to be done right now.
1: Inefficiencies so you might say. It's
2: just it just comes back to we're identifying both ends of the spectrum. So it makes your prioritization much more clear. And it's all about creating awareness of these things. Absolutely. Because as soon as you have the awareness, it does make the the task of scheduling and creating yourself a plan much easier. And it's never going to be perfect. So we do have to really remember that we're taking the word perfect out of this. So when even we're talking about our non-negotiables and we'll talk a little bit more about meal prepping and things like that in 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 a minute. But I think... When we're talking about these things, just really focus on the fact that we're not saying that you have to get this right every time. It's about making sure you've got a plan. Plans go haywire all the time. But when you actually identify these things and you're structuring in a really solid plan for yourself, the chances are so much more in your favor that it's going to come out with a good outcome.
1: Yeah, so first is... You know, we, we're talking about here identifying time wasters, as Courtney said, creating that awareness. You know, where where is my time being used inefficiently? And I'll use a, a personal anecdote here. I love the fact that you can now have your phone give you a weekly report on your screen time. Mm. How, many, how, many, how many hours and minutes you're spending each week looking at your phone and it then breaks it down into where what apps you're using the most. Mm. And I actually look at mine and read through it every single week to monitor it. Cuz I like to make sure that if I do have screen time, it is conscious. Yeah. Screen time. That might be the word I'd use cuz yeah, I do I do have a bit of screen time because it's part of Your work. it's part of our work, but also I like to watch I like to watch videos on YouTube in my downtime. Yeah. So Whether to learn about new things or like read, you know, look at car video game reviews. videos, car reviews like, you know. I mean, it can be a, it can actually be a really educational. And Tool. in some ways, yeah. legitimately inspirational thing to do. Like the lighting setup in my games room came off YouTube videos ideas yeah. that, I, that I collated together. But every week I am very conscious about the time I do spend with screen time. Yeah. And not having it where – and I, 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 I've been working on this for a long time because I was guilty for so long of just finding myself doing the mindless scroll on your yeah. phone. Yeah. I and, still
2: get guilty of doing and
1: it. And jeez – that time can add up. Mm. So now, with the way that phones, for example, monitor your screen time, I'm looking at that every single week because I get the report through on Monday. Yeah. And at the moment, you know, I'm I'm averaging around about two, was it two hours and twenty minutes mm-hmm. of screen time a day? But that that for me includes work. Yeah. And personal. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, I'm pretty comfortable with that because mm. I'm I'm. Making sure that my time is used wisely with the screen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. So this is where we talk about. Creating That's a good
2: tip, though, to do that for yourself.
1: Well, it's a good way to, in terms of monitoring your time. Yeah. Well, it's a good way to go sort and check of,
2: it out and see what it says.
1: Well, one, it's a good tool for creating awareness, mm. but also, I mean, ultimately, it's personal accountability. Yeah. And we, you know, when we talk about having success with with weight loss, like there is, there is. An accountability component here. And there, is, there are things that we can do ourselves to like, no, hang on, hang on. I think I can do better here.
0: Mm.
1: And just being honest about that. So, yeah, I, I look at that every single week because to me, like, he's one, like you go to the gym, right? I do my sets or whatever my, my weight day is going to be. And between sets, I personally like to go for walks around the gym in between my sets because, you know, I need time to recover. I may as well just get up and just move my body a bit and just get my breath back, you know, let the muscles settle down. What do I see the bulk of people doing in the gym between their sets? Just mindlessly scrolling on their fucking phones. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, you, people, you, know, you do whatever you want with your time. But, geez, like, come on.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: You know, so the thing is, once you've created awareness, we're then looking at implementing strategies to minimise – or if necessary, eliminate these sorts of distractions. Mm-hmm. So we talk about like there are there are actual apps you can get on your phones that are deliberate productivity apps to help you get better. At, like I said before, creating this awareness of where your time's actually going. Yeah, definitely. The next tip from there, Courtney.
2: Create a structure and stick to it. So this is where we're really a implementing. Schedule. Now we're implementing the schedule. Yeah. So we're identifying our non-negotiables. We're identifying our
0: time-wasting tasks
2: or our low-priority tasks. Mm. And now we really need to create that schedule and stick to it. So it's important to remember as well with these. I mean, you can do it any way you want. I happen to love my calendar on my phone. I have a digital calendar. I also, though, do have a paper calendar. So I use a paper calendar for work as well as my digital calendar because I find it's really helpful for me and I use them both for separate things. So I like my paper calendar for note-taking on each of my days that I'm working. It almost acts as a bit of a to-do list as well whereas my, my phone calendar personally is just for, just for scheduling tasks. scheduling appointments, scheduling tasks, scheduling reminders. Um,
1: Do you work off to-do lists? I do. Yep, you find it helpful? Yes. Me too.
2: Yes. I love a to-do list and I find I've got to the place though where I'm happy to have a a large to-do list and then if I don't get everything done, it's because I've prioritised that to-do list and I can roll it over. Whereas I know that that sometimes doesn't suit many people either. So you've really got to – this is where you've really got to design your schedule that's going to suit you best. And it might take some trial and error to see that. I've I've seen some people that will do a big mind dump on everything they have rolling around in their head, and then they put it down on paper, but then they still hate that because they know they can't tick it all off. So they've got to find then another way to be able to get that stuff out of their mind and on paper, but it's not going to be on one big list and freak them out. So they sort of have to implement a prioritization as they're writing it. Whereas for me, I will just prioritize on the fly because I can look at my list and I've I've developed the skill of being able to just prioritize. I can just look at a list and prioritize it for myself knowing. And they can stay on one big list and I don't care because I can look at it and know what I've got to do next. So those sort of little things where I think that once you have creating that schedule, make sure – you're not sticking to a schedule because you feel like you have to, but it's not working for you. You've got to have a play around with it and decide, how does this work for me? And if it's not working for you, try to make some changes. Go digital. Go written if that works for you. Do a mixture of both like I do. Map, map it out weeks in advance if you want. Map it out week to week at the start of every week for that week if that's the way that you know you're going to function
1: best. Adaptability is a critical trait when it comes to this. Mm. And as you said, Courtney, understanding that it's not going to be perfect. It doesn't need to be perfect. It's you lay a schedule out, you execute it, you assess it, you adjust it, you do it again. I yeah. are you sorry? No, no, go. I also run off to do lists mm. big time. I will share what I do. So I to begin with, I plan out things I do in blocks initially I plan out what I do in blocks of 12 months. Yeah. So I've got a spreadsheet that I use where I've mapped out for the most part with talking about non-negotiables the next the whole calendar year. Yep. I then break it down into months, I then break it down into weeks, I then break it down into days.
0: Mhm.
1: Within that I've got adaptability and flexibility. So I also have okay looking at my I've got my 12 months laid out, my month laid out, my week laid out. Now, how do I do my day? So, okay, these are the things that I've got listed for today. I then break it down on my to-do list. I have three categories. This is how I originally did my – you mentioned Courtney doing a brain dump and then not liking it because it's like, well, there's still a shitload to do there. I did the same thing. Did a massive brain dump of all the things I need to do, the things I want to do, et cetera. Okay, how do I categorize this? I've got three categories things i need to do now or things that need to be done now things that need to be done soon or things that need to be done later yeah or can be done later that's how i personally prioritize things yep so anything that makes the now list i get done straight away today yep the things that the things that can get done soon i then move on to once the things that get done now, that need to be done now get done and then after I've done the things that can be done soon, I then look at the things that, could, that need to be done later. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's like a three tiered list. Yep. Stuff for now, stuff for soon, stuff for later. Whatever makes the now list, shockingly enough, gets done now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, so that's 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 more from a work perspective. With with my training, my meal prepping, etc. This is where I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out, Courtney, to our app, the Weight yes. Loss Podcast app. Yes. Because as you've experienced, and as I'm experiencing myself as well, our app has a schedule function built in. Yes, as it should. And so, Courtney, like you, me, our clients, we can schedule our workouts, our meal preps, whatever the heck we want, honestly, mm-hmm. in that in that function, and it. it Have you found that helpful so far, the way it's laid out?
2: Oh, very much helpful because I'm also one that has – the way I schedule me is I do have an idea of my 12-month schedule. Yeah. I have my idea of what's happening this month and I have my idea of what's happening next month because Mm. there's certain certain dates that are set.
1: Milestone dates sort of things? Yeah. Yeah.
2: However, day-to-day things for me between the three different businesses can change. Mm. So – Today was a prime example. Yesterday afternoon I had a very different plan for today. Yep. And as of four o'clock or four thirty yesterday afternoon, it changed. Mm. For today. And my day changed. So at four thirty yesterday afternoon, I had to rework today's schedule in my in my mind and on paper to make sure it was done. Yep. Did I get everything done that I had planned to do pre yesterday, four thirty? No. Because the reason I had to change it was because something urgent came up that I had to be at and do and take care of. So I had to prioritise for my what, what's going to drop off. And there was a clear thing to drop off, so I did. And then I was still able to get all the other non-negotiables done that I knew I had to do that day. There was a meeting that I had to do. There was three meetings that I had today. Three? Four. There's four meetings that I had today that I knew I had to do. There was also my gym workout that I had to do. So the work that I was gonna do on the computer this morning didn't get done. But I knew that I could just I knew when I could reschedule that one too.
1: So you the key phrase you used, you still got your non negotiables done.
2: Correct. Indeed. I knew that I had four meetings I can't move. They're four meetings. And they were important to be done today.
1: That's the thing. Being being this we're going to circle back on this. Like being clear about your non-negotiables does make it I'm not going to use the word easier, but it makes it a lot more manageable because you know if you're honest about it like okay, no matter what happens, this stuff has to get done. Yeah.
2: And I think what you were describing Matt is very similar to the prioritization matrix. Yeah. And I know a lot of businesses use this matrix. I don't know if you've ever used it. Explain. So the prioritization ma- The prioritisation matrix is something that a lot of businesses and leaders will use to help people if you are not good at prioritisation, which I know for some people that are good at it will think that's crazy. How can – it's just natural. You know, people just do that. It's not natural for everyone. For
1: me it was a learned skill.
2: It is to me, it wasn't is natural. absolutely a learned skill. Yeah, it wasn't
1: natural for me. I don't
2: think it's natural at all. I just think mm. that some people have done it for so long and been good at it they feel like it was always natural. Oh, it becomes a habit, but yeah. it's not natural. It is something that is learned and has to become a habit and you have to get be- practice it to get better at it.
1: So what is the prioritization matrix? Let's go.
2: So if you ever want to if you want to look at it, it's quite a visual thing. So if you want to look at it, I would just literally google prioritization matrix. Go to the images, and you will see thousands. Is it like images of, images. of like
1: Neo, Agent Smith? No, Morpheus, unfortunately that's not. That's the matrix? Unfortunately not. Okay,
2: most of it is is made up of usually a a, a cube and a, a square, and it's broken up into four sections. Yep. And the four sections will mean will stand for what the prioritization levels. So yep. you're talking about you know first priority, second priority, third priority, elimination. Or it might say, you know, um, do this now, do this later, delete this, delegate this to someone else. Mm. So it's it's those sort of style in the in the four. It's basically a hierarchy of the tasks. So however you like to call it, that's basically what what you do. And then from that, on the outside of the of the table, usually you've got um, low impact. Um, Sorry, you've got low priority, high priority, and then you've got the importance and the urgency of it as well. So between all of these factors, you're able then to start on this chart, you're able to start looking at your tasks and thinking, where on this table would I put this? Is it low priority? Is it high priority? Is it important? Is it not in that important? Is it critical or is it, you know, is it not that important? Mm. And then you start to be able to then put it into those blocks of do this now, do this later, delegate this to someone else, don't do this at all. Yep. So it's it's basically a table to help you, prompt you to think about prioritization in a more simplified way. And that really can help in the practice of doing it. Mm. Um, I've, I I always found that really helpful. I've done that. I've done that exercise several times and I've always found it really helpful if you are somebody who finds it difficult to prioritise or doesn't know where to start. I actually find it really, if you Google and find one of those matrix that has, they're all designed in really pretty much the same way. Yeah. It's just the wording they use might be slightly different. So find one that resonates for you and use that activity if, if, if you think that will definitely help you in terms of, creating that schedule that's going to work for you and sticking to it.
1: Now to to continue on with creating a schedule and sticking to it, when it comes time to or you know for things like your training sessions, your your meal prep, your grocery shopping, you know, any sort of self-care activities that you might have, block out dedicated time slots, treat them like appointments. Yeah. So you think Oh, I've got to go to the to the dentist or I've got to go to the doctor this week or I've got to take one of the kids for for a checkup. It's in your calendar. It's an appointment.
2: Yep. This you- helped me a lot at the start. I don't do it as much these days in terms of actually putting it in my digital calendar, but it's it's on my to do list for the days. It's in my prioritization schedule for the day. Um but for me that works for me now. So it didn't at the start. It's taking me what 10 years to get to the point where I can not necessarily have it as an appointment, but that, that's what works for me. I still know people even after 10 years, it still put it in as an appointment because of what works for them. I still
1: treat it as an appointment.
2: I do the same. So I will treat those as an appointment. It's like I treat the gym as an appointment, absolutely, but it doesn't necessarily go in my work calendar these days, but it did used to. Well,
1: now it pops up in our app.
2: Now it pops up in our app, but yeah. before our app, mm. I would – there was a long time there where I actually put gym into my work calendar Yeah. because as well, because of my work, I didn't always have the exact same time of day on the exact same days that I would work out.
1: Did you find that approach helped you with creating the habit?
2: Yes. Yeah? I definitely did for me. I think it probably would have – I would have stopped doing it earlier if I was someone who went to the gym on the same day at the same week, you know, same time.
1: Stop doing what earlier?
2: Uh, scheduling it into my digital work diary.
1: But but what, what I'm sort of getting at is, did it help you create consistency? Yes. Can't argue with that.
2: But it also was very visual to me because it helped me plan my week. Because yeah. for me, as I said, I don't go to the gym at the same time on the same day every week. I sort of have to look at my week and say, okay, where is it going to fit in with the way my week looks this week? Yep. But once I select the day, it's pretty much then set. It's just sometimes the time of day might change, like with the situation yesterday when I was, I had to push it back by a couple of hours to get to the gym because of a meeting popped up. But the day is set. But that that's it. Really helped me visually plan my week because as well, I don't trust. Then if I don't do that, I might forget a session because your weeks are so long. I'd find sometimes if I didn't do that, I would think, did I actually do all my sessions this week? Or you miss it. It's really easy for me to miss a day and then suddenly I've got to do three wait days back to back, That's which isn't where, optimal
1: either. From a from a coaching perspective, you can see it easily with clients where it's like, okay, you haven't put in the time here to effectively plan out and schedule what you're doing because you can look at the way our app works now. You can look at their schedule for the entire week. Yeah. And you can see, okay, cool. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, you've done nothing. Thursday, you've done – you may may have done a cardio session. And then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you're cramming everything into the back of the week. Mm-hmm. Tell me you aren't planning without telling me you aren't planning. Yeah. It is so obvious and so easy to see. And this goes back to, Courtney, the importance of planning. Mm-hmm. It's that old phrase, plan and prepare or prepare to fail. Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about identifying non-negotiables, creating a schedule and the importance of planning. You have to invest the time, and that's the key word, invest the time into your planning and take full ownership of it to reap the benefits of better time management. Mm. That's also how I've become and I feel that I'm in, in fairly decent command of my time management is because I plan the shit out of it Yeah, on, on, a, on a large scale and a more smaller Scales for me it's the macro and the micro. So my macro planning is twelve month blocks. My micro planning is what I'm doing day to day.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's fair.
1: But if you don't, if you don't do that, like you're winging it, aren't you?
2: Yeah. Well, you're just leaving yourself up to open to um, to error. And so you
1: well, you also then easily become a victim of randomness.
2: That that's the hard thing. And I think these days we're all so busy with. Things we've got on, as yeah. we mentioned at the start of the episode, everyone's busy with different things. Absolutely. Social media is a guy's. Most people are very busy. It's a mirage. So I think the thing though to – oh, now I've just lost my train of thought. What was I going to say?
1: You're asking the wrong person, dude. Well, anyway, we'll she, we'll move on. While she's thinking
0: – I literally just completely lost my train I'm, of I'm thought.
1: Sh- I'm sure it'll come back. But anyway, so we talk about the importance of planning – and, and preparation and as you know we talk you know prioritizing your gym sessions prioritizing your meal planning your meal preparation this is this is one thing that is difficult for people like us the less you are willing and the less time you spend invest in planning for example your meals for the day for half the week for the full week the less you do that the more each day you're going to have to make food-related decisions. Yeah. If you want to break your brain, ask yourself to make multiple food-related decisions on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. That's how we get caught out. So this is where we talk about how to save time with, say, meal planning and preparation. Plan it out at the start of the week. Whether your plan is, if you're a beginner, I'm going to plan out one day at a time. Hey, great, start there. Yep. Or I'm going to plan out three to four days at a time, and split the week up, Mm -hmm. which is usually what we do. If it works for us. Some people will plan the entire week out or even a fortnight if they want to. whatever, Whatever works. It doesn't matter. But the more you're willing to sit down and plan out what you're going to be doing with your meals, for example, G takes the stress out of it because rather than like, oh, Fuck! What am I going to eat now? I'm starving. I've, I haven't got any food. Oh, there's always the the drive through at McDonald's. A whole lot different to. Oh, I don't need to think. I've got something already pre made. I'm going to grab it, eat it, and continue. Yep. Take away the food related decisions, and all of a sudden that mental energy can be redirected somewhere potentially more productive. Yeah. And we talk about obviously we've spoken about a gazillion times, Courtney, the importance of. You know, meal planning and preparation with a successful weight loss experience but when you are in the kitchen, cook in bulk as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So,
2: always have leftovers. I mean, bash, and, and always bash yeah. cook. Always. And I mean, we've spoken about it before. There's always, everyone has a different idea on this. Mm. And your idea of how, how much extra food to cook is not wrong necessarily. It's just what's sustainable for you. So Matt and I will do probably two good big cookups a week because that's what works we, for us. We
1: we've averaged two now for a number of years. We
2: don't we don't necessarily enjoy batch cooking bigger than that and freezing and defrosting meals. It's just the, not we've the got, way we haven't got the storage. So. We don't have the storage space for it. It's just not the way we generally are interested in doing our I, batch cooks. I think we'd and also, also what as you said what. We're doing works, so why change it? Well, also,
1: in addition to that, though, to be fair, we're also working within in in, in with this with. So Courtney gets bored with food easily. Yes, I and, do, and a lot of people do. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, I I'm rather boring with food. I have the same shit daily, day in, day out, for the most part, every week of the year because yes. I'm boring as shit like that. Many many people are like Courtney, where you know, they require some level of variety, otherwise they get super bored. And that's where you start to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to have the stuff I made for myself because I'm bored with it. I'm going to have this greasy burger over here. Yeah. This is where multiple meal preps per week can come in handy because you can literally mix up your approach. So it's not like I'm having the same meals all the way through the week. I've I've got this plan for Monday to Thursday. Yep. And I've got this plan for Friday to Sunday. And that can work as well. But the, the overall point I want to make is the time you do spend in the kitchen, get as much done as you can. Yes. Get as much bang for your buck because I, I, I'll speak to this for the rest of my life. Like I have no interest. I don't like cooking. I don't get any joy out of it. I mean, I like the end result, but mm-hmm. I don't find any personal joy in the process. But when I am in the kitchen, like I'm cooking in bulk as often as possible.
0: Yeah.
2: And I – and and. I also think this is another one that you need to take the pressure off yourself for it to be quote-unquote perfect. You don't have to have the perfect cooking prep where you've got a different container for all the different colours of zucchini, oh, sorry, of capsicum, and you don't have to have all this, like, fancy-looking cookware and, you know, make it all look super pretty. No, you just have to get it done and and get something prepared and in the fridge that you like. And the main thing is that you're excited to eat because mm. if you're cooking and you're prepping up something that's boring and that you're not actually that interested in eating, well, then you're still not going to eat it.
1: You can't be blamed for not eating stuff. You don't have any particular enjoyment or, or excitement to eat. But something you've, you've touched on there, Courtney, is worth really sort of rounding off this discussion. Like, It doesn't have to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect. It just has to get the job done. It
2: just has to get the job done and it get has to make you start to take away the excuse of, oh, I just don't have the time. Mm. Because realistically at the end of the day, to round for me to round this off, Matt, is just saying that is just an excuse at the end of the day to not think about it further. If you really, to me it's just an off-the-cuff comment because I don't want to actually think about how to make the time?
1: Well, I I would for me at least when someone were to say something like, and I'll, I'll fully cop to this myself. If I say to you, I don't have the time for this, what I'm actually saying is this is not important to me.
2: It's a really good point, point.
1: And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. No, Just it's a really it. good
2: point. It's but you're you're 100 correct actually. You 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 all you're saying is that this is not this is not a non negotiable for me.
1: Fine, own yeah. it.
2: Yeah, and you're right. You're right. That is exactly what it means. Because I'm the same. I, I would do that. If I say I don't have the time to do that, is because I don't value that as important to be done and urgent to be done today.
1: Cool. Yeah, carry on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I think the struggle for a lot of people is actually. Accepting that word for what, that phrase yeah. for what it is and owning it, owning
2: that that like, is what they're actually like saying.
1: If, if if a client were to say to me, "I haven't got the time to exercise," like, okay, no problem at all. This isn't a priority to you. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah, like it's not. I'm not having a crack. No, I'm not having a go. Like people's priorities are their own. Like, correct. Hey, no, no, no issues here. But correct. let's let's call it for what it is, mm-hmm. and let's be honest and open about this. Yeah, and yep. that. Those those words honest and open, I think, is where where effective time management starts. Is yep. being honest and open with yourself. Okay, what's important? What's really important. And I think as well, before we sort of get out of here, Courtney, a real key part of effective time management with this is developing the ability to say no. Hmm. And having having that sort of courage and the guts to say to things, to people, to whatever. You know what? No, I can't I can't do that. Yeah. It's it's I, I can't make it work, I'm sorry. I now can fully cop to the fact I say no to far more things than I say yes to in life. Yeah,
2: I don't, but I am getting better. I think I'm definitely getting better at telling people that I can do that, but I have to do it here, or I have to do this first, or I've still got to get this done. So how can I? How can you? How can I do both?
1: Well, to me, that's really effective because that's a whole lot better and more manageable than you just be like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And then, okay, I'll figure it out later.
2: But then you're also, I feel like often, and I was always guilty of this, is by not speaking about and in those terms, is you're also putting so much pressure on yourself to problem solve this and to Ooh. make the decision. If you just tell the person, I can do that, however, I've also got to really do this. So do you have an idea of how we can make both work? Help them problem solve it with you mm. because it shouldn't just be up to us to have to come up with the answers all the time. But I do agree with you, Matt, you know, trying to say no more often or explaining to people what your priorities are for, for that day and how can we then work around that.
1: Wow. Well said, dear. I think that's it. Yeah, I. I'm out of gas. I
2: think we're tapped out on this one.
1: (laughs) I'm done. So hopefully, this has been of some help. We'll definitely
2: put a link of that podcast in the show notes. I always
1: put yeah, I'll I'll put the link in the show notes. Yep. So that'll be yeah, season four. What are your non-negotiables? Before you sit down to really plan out, like okay, what's important to me. Listen or re-listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. Just my personal opinion. I think it's one of the best ones we've ever, we've ever done. I, I think with, it's with great.
2: I definitely would encourage you as well. You know, to really start thinking about those those non-negotiables plus those those lower priority thing things that you can push down. Start practicing your prioritization. Definitely listen to that episode. It will help.
1: And just having for, for me, this is just. Personal, the way I, I sort of view things, I so take it with a grain of salt, obviously, but just learning over time to be ruthless with things. Mm-hmm. This, this is important to me. This is not in the, in, in the big picture. Yep. So one thing we do recommend that you do is come and hang out with us, Courtney, at our Facebook group. Yes. Over at facebook.com. That's the one. Link for that in the uh, in the show notes in your podcast app as well. So the Weight Loss Podcast on Facebook where I'm there, you're there, maybe you'll be there.
2: And as Matt said earlier, we do actually have an email, so you can email us if you'd like to.
1: What is our address?
2: It is podcast at com. Yes. So I think that's it. That's a wrap.
1: That's it. We're done. Hopefully this has been of some help. As Courtney said with our email address, hey, any feedback that you've got uh, or, hey, any, what are you getting out of this actual episode? What time management improvements can you make? Oh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So podcast at com. Let us know your thoughts and where you've improved with this. Other than that, Courtney, great to see you. You too. We're out of here. Bye. We'll see you next week.